Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Inner Life here on the Memorial of St. Kateri Tekawitha. I think there's two or three different ways I've heard her name pronounced, so if I'm not pronouncing it the way that you pronounce it, forgive me, but uh, that's the way I've always heard it pronounced. Also Bastille Day, I guess if you're <laughs> interested, paying attention to French holidays. Uh, but here we are on this Thursday. I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, what is your favorite day of the week? You know, it's a Thursday today. Do you like Fridays because they feed into the weekend? Or is it Sundays because you get to go to church and then maybe, you know, if there's a game on, you watch that on television? Or maybe you don't work the standard Monday through Friday schedule. So it's a different day of the week. That's your favorite. But for the majority of Americans, you know, we work Monday through Friday and we have Saturday and Sunday off. Now, did you know that the two-day weekend is actually a relatively recent development in the history of the world. And another thing that's, I think, even more odd, did you know that for 11 years the Soviet Union had no weekends? Yeah, in the USSR prior to 1929, the standard work week, it was what it was in most of the world, six days with Sundays off. But in October of that year, 1929, Joseph Stalin, along with the leadership of the Soviet government, they saw Sundays as a problem for two reasons. One, they wanted to suppress any religion in the Soviet Union. But second was because it was a day where no work was being done. And in their eyes, that's lost productivity. So they decided to try and change the flow of the week. The Soviet Union introduced what they called a continuous week. And the workforce was divided into five different groups. One of those groups would get the day off while the other four-fifths of the workers would go to their place of employment, and it kept on this rotation. Each group would get one of those five days off, 20% of the workforce, while the other 80%, the other four groups, they were always working. And so this would ensure that factories were always open, machines were always running. Uh, but just because you were in a group that had the day off, that didn't mean that your friends or your family also had the day off. And letters published in the official newspaper of the Communist Party, they were saying things like, what is there for us to do at home if our wives are in the factory, if our children are at school and nobody can visit us? It's no holiday if you have to have it alone. So it wasn't successful, even though the Soviet Union tried to push it along for more than a decade. After 11 years of trial and error, it was deemed a failure, and the five-day schedule of their continuous week, it finally ended in June of 1940. Here in the U.S., though, it was actually the Ford Motor Company that introduced the two-day weekend that we now all know. 
before 1922, the standard work week, it was what I mentioned in the Soviet Union. It was the six days that everybody worked with only Sunday off. But then the Industrial Revolution happened, and they started working more hours. Rather than an eight-hour workday, many employees were working 10 to 16 hours a day on average. It was Henry Ford who made the change and brought the hours down to eight hours a day, giving us that 40-hour work week and then giving the two days for the weekend. He did this for a couple of reasons. One, this was actually communicated through his son, Edsel, Edsel Ford, and he was the, uh, the president of the Ford Company at the time. He said, the Ford Company, this is a quote from him, the Ford Company always has sought to promote an ideal home life for its employees. We believe that in order to live properly, every man should have more time to spend with his family. That's a rather refreshing statement to hear from the head of a major corporation, isn't it? I know that's 100 years ago, but still, it's rather nice to hear. The second reason for that extra day off on the weekend, well, Henry Ford, he realized if he wanted people to buy cars and use his cars, they needed extra time to actually be able to go out and just purchase a car as well as time to drive it around. So Henry Ford made this change. And by doing this, by making this change, soon almost all manufacturing companies started doing the exact same thing. They adopted that 40-hour work week, Monday through Friday, throughout much of the world. So we have Henry Ford to thank for the two-day weekend. How do you spend your time off, though? Do you sleep in on the weekends or maybe go out, do something outside, get together with friends or family, have a meal together, go see a movie? Of course, we're supposed to go to church every Sunday as well, right? But our faith isn't supposed to be something relegated to only an hour over the weekend without giving it another thought until the following Sunday. No, of course we know our faith should be something that continuously impacts every aspect of our life, even our leisure time. And today we want to talk about how we, in those leisure activities, uh, might be just the weekend, could be taking a longer vacation, but any of those leisure activities, how we can make those holy how we can transform, the, the, transform those times. You know, just because we're taking a break from work and maybe our normal routine, we don't want to take a break from our relationship with God. And today, uh, joining us as our spiritual director, I'm very glad to welcome back Father Joseph Johnson here to The Inner Life. Father Johnson is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Father Johnson, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here. Thanks. So good to be with you. And it's a great time of year to talk about leisure and, uh, and what it means. Because I know, uh, I think the first bit of July is usually the most popular vacation time for, for everyone right on the 4th. And, and I know everyone throughout the summer will take time here or there, hopefully, to, to, to rest and be refreshed. But, but what does it mean? And what's, what's the proper way to rest? What's a godly way to rest? Uh, and, and all that's uh, there's important questions to think about. They are. And so let's start there. I, I think, you know, anybody who's a regular listener knows I like to define terms so we have a a good starting place. You know, we're not we're not assuming that we all know what we're talking about here right out of the gate. So maybe we can define what leisure itself is. We as humans, 
Uh, we're, we're supposed to work. We've been created to, for work, but we're also created for times where we rest. You know, we all need that Sabbath day in our week, both physically and spiritually. So when we talk about leisure, what is a truly proper understanding of leisure? Well, let's, let's start with, you said we're all humans. Let's, let's unpack that. Human, human beings, we're human beings, we're not human doers, right? We spend a lot of our time doing things, but our identity, we're not human doers, we're human beings. And, and you might think, okay, that's cute, whatever, but there's an important distinction there, that, that we have to, to, to see that there's a goodness in our being, that we exist, not just that we are able to be productive and to do things. And if you want, it goes back to the whole Martha and Mary, right? That, that, that Jesus said that Mary had of the two sisters picked the, the better part, which is a, a part of contemplation and rest, even though Martha was running around doing things. So when we talk about leisure, I like to, to describe it as the space for us to get in touch with what it means to be human being rather than simply human doer, you know, create that space for, for contemplation and contemplation, not just of, of God, meaning, okay, every moment that I'm not working, I have to be in Eucharistic adoration at the, at the chapel at the parish. No, 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 no. There's contemplation of the wonder of God in my life, in my family, in my friends, in the beauty of nature, in, in a good book or a great piece of music, you know, in taking a walk, stopping and smelling the roses. That's all part of contemplation and wonder, you know, at the beauty and the goodness of God reflected in his creation. And that's, that's real leisure. It's something that leads us deeper, whereas amusement is just shallow and superficial and distracting and escapist. Now, sometimes we do just need something simple sure. and, and not profound that we do just need to, you know, the kids need to play a video game or to, or to, to watch a sports you know, game or, or something like that uh, along the way. But leisure has to be something more than just that. It has to be something richer and deeper than that. Uh, and and I think you know that's that's where what we realize is this question of leisure is bound up in the whole question of time and eternity. And too often we just think about time and don't think about eternity. But leisure gives us that space to realize that the time that is given to me here is a journey towards eternity. And even right here in my time. I have encounters with eternity. I mean, right in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, heaven and earth meet right there. And, and again, what we believe about the Mass is that this isn't simply a historical reenactment of the Last Supper, but that we are able to be uh, spiritually present at the one sacrifice of Christ in his Paschal Mystery, not not to repeat it, and not simply to remember it, but to be spiritually present to the reality of Christ's sacrificial gift of himself to the Father for our salvation. And, and so the, the Mass itself has this eternal reality there that you and I, in time, are able to plug into. But again, time and eternity, 
but we rush through everything and we go, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Stop. Because if you just do that, you're not going to have eternity either. Or you're not going to like the version of eternity that you get to, if, if you want to be blunt. Right? We, we need space to be and not just to do. Uh, Father, let in just a moment here, let's get into maybe some practical steps, some practical application about how we can move beyond the amusement that you were talking about, but we really can enter into something deeper in those times of leisure that we have in our lives. But uh, along with kind of defining leisure, it's probably important also to talk about while we need those times of rest and relaxation, we don't want to fall into a sin, laziness or slothfulness, you know, one of the cardinal sins. Can you help us kind of understand a differentiation of when we're truly engaging in uh, leisure that is proper, you know, resting from our labors without falling or sliding into that sin of slothfulness? Yes, I I think um, what we can talk about is self-indulgence. You know, laziness is just, I'm going to be a bump on a log, and I feel like just, you know, pulling the covers over my head, not getting up today, or or whatever it is. There's a sense of of self-indulgence, whereas leisure is not closed in on myself. Leisure is open to the reality around me. Again, the reality of God's creation, the reality of God himself, the reflection of God in other people and in and the world and the universe, the reflection of God in myself, you know. So, so true leisure is an opening up to something real around me and about me, right? And an ultimate truth, you know, uh, God and and how He created the world and how He invites us to union with Him. That's all part of leisure, being opened up to that. And again, laziness, sloth. This this is closed in on myself. And with this, you know, we can talk about our daily schedule, our weekly schedule, our, our annual, you know, calendar of vacations, but we also need to look at retirement. We Americans have a very, very distorted idea about retirement. You know, that, that it's like, okay, I've I've worked, now I have enough saved up, now it's just all about me. I'm gonna do what I want and I'm not gonna punch a clock, I'm gonna you know, whatever, it's just going to do whatever I want. Well, no, that's not a Christian view of retirement, that, that it's all about me, that it's completely selfish, self-indulgent. No, we need to purify all of those notions, but it starts with getting the day and the week right. You know, that, uh, and sometimes because we're so bad at this work, 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 then all of a sudden we waste time and you say, well, I didn't have any free time today. Okay, but did you check Facebook? Yeah, you know, like nine times. <laughs> okay, well, you know, or I binge watched three episodes of blah, blah, blah. Okay, because we, we, we push into that kind of, uh, that pendulum swings from, from it's all work to all of a sudden it's all laziness. Instead of having some sense, and I hesitate to use the word balance because it's not 50-50. Right. Right. Uh, you right. know, but but a, a sense of an interior balance by again, as long as we understand that we're not meaning even Stephen. Right. Yeah. Uh, but an yeah. integration in my life 
of times of work and times of rest, times of prayer, times uh, you know where we just have that that ability to engage people around us, you know, not in a utilitarian way, but in delighting in the goodness of the other person and the goodness of being together. You know, this is all healthy leisure or leisure. Yeah. This is all well, part of the goodness. Yeah. As you, as you're saying this too, you know, maybe uh, you know, balance isn't necessarily the right word, but that we have a proper understanding so that things can be ordered correctly. You know, everything in its own place with its own appropriate designated time for that. You know, that that it's we're not overindulging in one area or sacrificing one aspect of what we should be doing for the sake of another, that it um, it can be ordered in that right way so that, yeah, when it is time to take that break, great, we do that. When it's time to work, we're focused on the job at hand. We're, we're engaged in that and not, uh, you know, just wishing and thinking about, oh, if I just had more time to be off. And, and you know, that also goes, I think, back into that self-indulgent mode. Uh, one other area that might be good to talk about here, too, you know, we're talking for the most part about physical activity, physical work, you know, things that we're doing uh, during the week, talking about, you know, maybe our employment or whatever it is. But we can also have this kind of spiritual slothfulness or this spiritual apathy. So it's something that is called acedia. Can you talk about acedia and perhaps the ways that we can also guard against falling into that realm in our spiritual lives? Yes, I mean, it is connected to that sin of sloth that, that we talked about. In a way, we can talk about it as, as a listlessness, you know, just a kind of a spiritual lethargy. Uh, it's, a, it's a spiritual sickness, you know. Now, what we have to be very careful of is that it can be confused with two other things. One, depression, right? Uh, depression, a psychological, uh, you know, disorder, uh, where I, I'm depressed, can can have can manifest itself sometimes in the same way as uh, achadia, you know, acedia. And then the the other thing uh, is sometimes spiritual dryness, you know, where where there's a darkness that comes into my prayer, and then all of a sudden it makes me want to give up on prayer and whatever. So I have to say, okay, am I going through a dark night? Am I going through some sort of spiritual purification where I just need to persevere despite the fact that I don't feel like it on the emotional level? Or am I psychologically depressed? Do I, do I need to take account of that? Do I need to talk to somebody? Do I need to get a counselor? Do I need medicine? You know, so we have to address these things. Or is it just, you know what, I'm, I'm being a spiritual bump on a log and I need to get my right. act together and, and move forward. But, but again, these three things, they're, they're, there's a haziness uh, where they can get confused for one another, and that's why it, it does take some care and, and sometimes some external guidance uh, from a confessor or a spiritual director or reading some good books uh, on the spiritual life to figure out where am I, what is it that's, that's actually manifesting there, you know. Uh, does does my arm hurt uh, because there's there's a bruise I bumped into something, or does my arm hurt because there's cancer underneath it that's eating away my bone? Right? You know, the arm hurts doesn't give me the answer. Right? I got to go deeper than that. So sometimes again, those external symptoms 
can look very much alike, but then I have to get to the bottom of it. What is actually going on here? And and that's where we have to figure out: yeah. is this uh, a spiritual sickness? Uh, is, is this you know something moving towards uh, sloth, or is this something else that I need to address in a different way? Talking with Father Joseph Johnson today here on the Inner Life, and uh, our topic of conversation: how we can take those times of rest, of relaxation, our leisure time, and we can make them holy. We don't just walk away from everything, you know? Well, it's time off from work, or it's time off from regular daily routine. We don't want to take that time off from God. How about you in your life? What are some successful ways that you've been able to keep your faith integrated into your downtime? Whether it's a longer vacation, where you've been traveling, you've been away from home, and you, you have to find uh, a different parish where you can attend Mass if you're traveling over a weekend. Or maybe in that daily leisure time, how do you keep those times holy, those moments holy? How do you make your life a continual prayer to God? 888-914-9149 is our phone number. You can call in and join the program, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, at relevantradio.com. Our conversation continues in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive hundreds of your phone calls every day, all thanks to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line. Our sponsor offers flexible life insurance and annuities. Visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester today, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and today I'm joined by Father Joseph Johnson. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Today we're talking about how we can keep those times of vacation, of leisure, uh, those times of rest and relaxation, how we don't just take a break from everything, including our faith, but we keep our faith there uh, in the midst of what we're doing, uh, that we, we don't fall out of routine with what we're trying to do, making those, those break times, those leisure times holy. And we'd love to hear how you've been able to do that in your own life, successful ways that you've been able to keep your faith integrated into that, that routine downtime. You know, maybe that's on the weekends, maybe it's after work every day, maybe it's before you go to work in the morning, some of the things that you do. Uh, even those times throughout the work day where you have a little break here or there, those little moments where you can kind of catch your breath. How do you incorporate your faith there? Of course, then there's the longer vacation time. How do you incorporate your faith while you're out away from your regular community, your regular parish, not connected in the same way with that faith community? Uh, maybe you have a question about how to incorporate your faith into these moments. It's been a struggle for you in the past, and you'd like some insight on what you might be able to do in the future. You can call in and speak with Father at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And uh, Father, uh, we've kind of gone through, here is what leisure is, here are areas that we want to be cautious that we don't fall into. Um, but then, as with most things, it's good to have a plan. 
you know, to to walk into what we're going to do and not just say, oh, I'll just kind of wing it. Because then it might go well, but we always run the risk that things might go poorly too. So how do we look at our lives and come up with a well-structured plan as we start looking at times for work, times for leisure, and how we can keep that leisure time holy? Well, you know, it is always good to have a plan, and it's even better to have a plan that God gave you. <laughs> and and that's what we get in the week, right? That that we, we start in Genesis with God creating, and God, when I, when I ask, you know, the kiddos in school, you know, how many days did it take God to create the world? The 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 instant thought is seven, right? And then one of the kids will go, oh, no, wait, wait six. I'm like, exactly. And who here thinks that God actually was so tired on this, after the sixth day that he had to take a day off and lay in a hammock and whatever, right? No, God wasn't tired. He He set aside that seventh day, that Sabbath, for us, not for himself. He is modeling for us a plan of how to spend the week. And I am utterly discouraged by the fact that 99.9% of Catholics see the Lord's Day as check the box, go to Mass. Right, right. My dear brothers and sisters, that is an essential part of following the commandment to keep holy the Lord's Day. But it is part, it is not the entirety. And I can tell you, uh, in my 24 years plus of priesthood, uh, I think I can still count in single digits how many people have ever confessed. Now, again, they've confessed missing Sunday Mass. But have, I can count on, on single digits how many people have confessed not keeping the Lord's Day holy. Meaning, I did go to Mass, however, I didn't spend the rest of the day as I should. We don't think about it. We have become minimalists and legalists. Yeah, I got to go to mass. That's that's what I have to do. And legalists check the box and the rest of the day, however I want. And what's worse, that culturally, at least in the in the West and, and especially in the United States, how does the flow of the week go? The rhythm of the week, we get to Friday. Phew, school's done for the week. Work is done for the week. Friday night, oh, go out with friends, da-da-da. Saturday morning, okay, we've got all this. We're going to do this and that and the other. We're going to have fun. So Saturday's the fun day. And then Sunday, oh, okay, go to Mass. And then get ready for Monday. Do you know how backwards that is, Josh, that Sunday becomes a prep day for Monday? This is upside down. And yet, that's how the vast majority of practicing Catholics observe the week. And then you wonder why we're off. It's like dancing and you're not on the right beat. You know, you're, you've got the totally wrong rhythm. Our rhythm should be Sunday's the first day of the week. Sunday's the high point of the week. Everything in the week builds up to Sunday. Everything in the week flows from Sunday. And why are our families stressed out and not healthy? Because we're always spinning around in circles, whirlwinds of activity, and we don't spend time with one another. If we 
hit the brakes hard. We're going to keep the whole Lord's Day holy, not check the box I went to Mass. All of a sudden, we've created space for all sorts of beautiful things like nurturing family relationships, like spending time with friends, like taking a nap or reading a good book or going on a long walk. Or maybe it's a corporal work of mercy that 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 I haven't, you know, yeah, great Aunt Matilda's in the nursing home, but I know it's been Thanksgiving since I've been there to see her and I keep intending to go. No, maybe I make that as part of the Lord's day is, is I'm going to go and do that. Maybe we're so addicted to technology, maybe rather than being on the electronic leash on the Lord's day, you know, I, I take all the smartphones and iPads and whatever and lock them in a drawer for the day. And, and we just, we have a timeout from all of that that's constantly trying to stimulate, stimulate, stimulate and draw us into all sorts of frivolous uh, wastes of time and distraction and, and, and anxiety that comes from that. So I think we need to get the week right before Anything else of, of, of leisure uh, will make any sense whatsoever. I, I was surprised when I became pastor of a school, a Catholic school, to, to realize that something that to me seemed absolutely fundamental is apparently not the norm in Catholic schools. And that is simply this. There should never, ever be a test on a Monday in a Catholic school. Never. Ever. Why? Because it would be unreasonable to say to kids, don't study the night before a test. But if I schedule a test for Monday morning in school, what am I telling the kids? I expect you on the Lord's Day to spend time working, you know, on, on studying. That's simply not, we shouldn't do that. Now, can you have homework due on Monday? Yeah, because they could have done the homework Friday afternoon or Saturday. You can still have homework due on, on, on Monday. But not something that required me to work on Sunday. But again, we just, we've been caught up in the cycles of how the world spends its time. And we're much better at that than going back to Genesis and seeing what's the plan God gave us for how to spend time. And with that also, go ahead, sorry, Josh, go ahead. Well, I, I, I was just going to say, you know, as you're talking about this too, this is going to take a little bit of effort at the beginning, you know, if if you want to set aside that time and really make Sunday, you know, it's not the prep day like you were talking about for Monday. Um, if you want to make it to where it is, you know, you're not you're not out doing your grocery shopping for the, the week or you're not, um, you know, get, making sure all the laundry is done so that everybody has clean clothes to wear for the upcoming week. It does mean you're going to have to kind of reorder things. You will have to look and say, okay, we have to make a little bit of planning time on Friday or Saturday so that we can reserve Sunday and keep it in its proper place. Um, you know, and, and I mean, this is also with the understanding, not everybody works that Monday through Friday schedule, you know, that there, you know, people who are on call, especially those maybe who are working in the medical field, um, you know, people who have to be uh, working in maybe some of the, the different areas that are required for uh, public works, that need to keep on functioning for our society to just be in, you know, acting normal. 
Yeah, you have to find those other times that you can set aside time, whatever that is in your life. We're talking uh, Sundays here as a basic understanding of the majority of people that they have that Sunday off. But it really means that you have to figure out the order of your week here. I, that's what I'm hearing. Is that is that kind of what you're communicating, Father? Yes, absolutely. And again, we are talking about the majority of people, because even the church, I have to work on Sunday. You know, none of you would have, have mass. And I have to have, you know, somebody to, to shovel the snow, uh, and I've got to have somebody to play the organ and to, you know, all the rest. So, so the church herself, we, we employ people to work on Sundays, right? Uh, but even there, we have to find a way still to keep the day holy. And even people that, because of their job, police or fire or medicine or, or whatever, uh, that, that you do have to actually be on the job on Sunday, we can't simply, we can move the rest part to another day. You're going to have a day off some other day. Maybe it's Monday, you take your day off, it's a, it's at least for priests, it's a, uh, a popular day off. But you can move the rest, but you can't move the keeping holy. You, right. you still have to, to, this day is somehow different. I can't just say, well, Sunday for me is going to be Monday. No, no, you can take your rest, your bodily rest on Monday, yes. But you still have to engage with it. It's the Lord's Day, even if I'm at, at, at work on Sunday. It's still the Lord's Day. And Lord, you know, if I could, I would be taking the day off and of that, but I can't. So I'm, I'm, but I'm still going to honor you today, and still going to honor your day as special, from, different from every other day. You know, so yeah. maybe on my the other days of the week on my breaks, I check out the the, the news and this other. But on Sunday, if I'm working during my breaks, I pray the rosary, or I read the scriptures, or or something like that. I I keep the day different than the other days of the week. It has to feel different. And as you said, there will be tension and there will be difficulty to reorder, as you said. But it's also to restore order. It's to yeah. rediscover God's order for the week. And I think we Catholics, the vast majority, give ourselves a free pass for being good pagan secular Americans uh, with the way we spend the week rather than following. Uh, I don't think you have to be a brain scientist, to, uh, you know, a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to discover God's plan for the week. <laughs> Father Joseph Johnson is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today, and we're welcoming you to call in as we're talking about how we can keep those leisure time, uh, those leisure moments holy in our lives. Uh, what are some su successful ways you've been able to keep your faith integrated into your downtime, uh, especially in that structure of the week that Father was talking about, um, how do you make sure that those times, those moments, those days that are supposed to be set aside are holy. Uh, maybe it's when you're going on vacation, you've been traveling, you're away from home, and you're outside of where you'd regularly go to Mass. You're not in you know, close proximity to your home parish anymore. How do you make sure that you don't take a break from everything, including God, including your faith? How do you keep your faith integrated into your life when you're on vacation? 888-914-9149 is our phone number to call into the studio. 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Alex who's listening in San Diego. Alex, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Uh, thank you. Um, so I'll go straight to the point. Um, um, so the two main things that I that I do and try to teach my kids is being uh, tactical, being smart about praying. I try to, I see their struggle, you know, with trying to perceive God. So I said, 
uh, one thing is it's a it's a matter of intention. So consecrate your day. It could be a 30-second prayer as soon as you get up. Don't get up if you don't. Uh, so secondly, um, for the longest part of the day, I ask them, what is it that we do? So we work. We go to school. Um, so then consecrate that part so that most of the rest, most of the day is, is, is actually prayer. You know, turn your work, you know, into prayer by uh matter of by a fact of intention so you have to consecrate and do a prayer say a little prayer you know before you start work before you start school and consecrate that and for the times that that we that we travel um i have an app that's that shows shows me the nearest parish catholic parish around me and for you know those weekends that we constantly have traveling with the kids or just even in a, in a small vacation. Uh, it shows me the nearest parish. Uh, and uh, and so we've been able to attend Sunday Mass without missing it for the longest time. Uh, I think I just missed one in this not a whole, not a, not a, not very long ago, but I say it as a matter of noting that it's, I can, I can tell that, you know that was a uh, an extraordinary Sunday because I missed it, and I remember you know missing it, and uh, but it was actually a, a a day where we. I'm sorry, no, we didn't miss it. Oh, I'm so glad. Uh, but anyways, the 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 fact is the 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 app. Uh, it's called Mass Times, I believe. And so the last one is before you go to bed. I said, you know, uh, again, consecrate yourself to your to the Holy Spirit so that He can transform you for the next eight hours or 10 hours, which is your, what you're going to do for the longest time. And so those are, that's my, you know, what I, I'm trying to share, you know, with you, with you. And, Thank and you. Beyond. Thank you, Alex. I think, you know, if I had to sum that up, I'd, I'd talk about, I think you're, you have a beautiful sense of intentionality. You know, you, you, you intend, I'm going to look for the resources that will show me, no matter where I am, there's a mass I can go to. I'm going to be intentional about telling my kids, this is what we're going to do, prayer is important, da, da, da. That intentionality is a really important part of, of being the master of time rather than simply being carried along by time. So often, you and I are just standing there and the waves of time sweep us away instead of us saying, no, I'm going to direct my time. Uh, so no, thank you for for that. And also with you know we we we're starting to talk about leisure with the Lord's Day, but that doesn't mean that you turn Sunday your your house becomes a monastery. You know you can't do that. Kids kids will will they'll have the opposite of leisure. It'll be oppressive to them. You know that this is heavy. You know this is weighing me down. Now there's always going to be some tension and struggle and all of this, especially if you've fallen into bad habits and now you have to to pull things back and straighten it out. But it should be time for you to play board games with your kids. Yes, pray the rosary together, read the Bible together, but also play board games. Go outside and throw a frisbee together. Go fly a kite. You know, uh, go for a, a family bike ride. You know that 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 it's more than than just the prayer and just the going to mass. The Lord has really given us Sunday as a gift. And it's so funny because when you, you start talking about how, what Sunday is supposed to look like, people are like with dread, like, oh, no, I've I got to do that. This is a gift, people. Uh, but it's only once you actually do it and you persevere for six months in it that all of a sudden you go, 
yeah, why did I wait so long before doing this? This actually makes sense. God, you actually had a good point in doing things this way. This actually works. This is a gift. It renews me, and it renews my family. You know, it, it's time to delight with one another and to be together uh, and to have that sense of refreshment. You know, we know that the body needs rest, right? We work, work, work. We do this, that, the other, and then all of a sudden, I need to sleep. Well, the soul needs rest as well. And our spirit, you know, we, especially in these challenging times, we're always stressed out, we're anxious, and, and there are tensions and all this. I need to come away and experience that refreshment. And, and Josh, I think uh, you've talked about vacations a couple of times there. That's an important part of, of resting the, the spirit as well as the body, but also retreats, you know, mm, yeah. uh, whether it's you go, if you're a lay person, at least find most dioceses would have a like Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday kind of retreat, you know, look up where the, where the retreat houses are near you and try to do that once a year. I just check out and I just take that time for refreshment of my spirit. You know, I think that's an important part of leisure as well. Uh, Father, let's let's talk about that uh, a little bit more coming up after the break. Um, I want to throw out the phone number again. Uh, if you'd like to talk with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, the line to call into the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. What are some ways that you've been able to keep your faith integrated into that leisure time in your life, whether that is that longer vacation that Father's talking about, or maybe it's the weekends or the time that you have during the day, every single day that you're able to say, I'm not going to just compartmentalize my faith, but I want to make sure that my faith informs every aspect of my life. And how have you been able to do that? Maybe you have a question for Father you'd like to ask him, 888-914-9149, or email us, relevantradio.com. Back with more of your phone calls and more with Father Joseph Johnson in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for joining us here during this hour of The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, joined today by Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. Today we're talking about our downtime, our leisure time, how we don't take a break from everything, including our faith, but we keep our faith involved in those times of leisure, how we make those leisure moments holy. And we're also welcoming your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go back to the phones. Jennifer is uh, holding, listening in Washington, D.C. Jennifer, thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Father. Hi, Josh. I wanted to thank you, Father. Hi, yes, I wanted to thank you for uh, addressing this topic, I was commenting to the um, call speaker that even though I go to Mass all the time, this is, I think, the first time I've ever heard a talk about it. And so I wanted to encourage you and all priests out there to please preach this message more often because it gives us all, as lay people, a goal to work towards. And uh, it's really, really helpful. Um, and then my my question for you is, 
how would you apply this to those of us who have jobs that are uh, like these teachers, nurses, and doctors where we, we do regularly, at least in my case, work um, on the weekends. So it's really, really hard to carve out a day um, for the board. And I know that seems like it would be my goal. Um, do you have any words for those of us who have professions that really require us to work on the weekends? Absolutely. It's it's going to be a juggling act, uh, and, and it's going to have to be specifically tailored to your particular situation and, and all of that. But, you know, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, uh, I'm going to, to go to bed earlier the night before so I can get up earlier on Sunday and spend half an hour just reading the scriptures and just kind of a little meditation time before I then jump in and, and do, you know, my, my work that I, that I have to do on that day. Uh, you know, so it's, it's going to look different for different people. You know, sometimes it's, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to mass Saturday night because I'm going to be working all day Sunday, but still on Sunday, I'm going to find time to pray a rosary and, you know, or, or maybe I don't do the Angelus every day. But on Sunday, uh, I'm going to make sure that when I take my lunch break, I pray the Angelus, you know, then. And again, reminding myself of, of that connection with God and, and that he has come for us and he's, he wants to connect with us. And, and I want this day to be that special time of connection, even though I've got to run around doing my job today, too. So, but it is, it's a, it's, it's a challenge. And, and that's where, again, true virtue is always creative, you know that that I have to apply principles to my life, uh, and so ask the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, to to show you how can I do this, you know. And sometimes, like even even for someone not working on Sunday, a mom at home, all right. Well, I still got to feed the kids, right? Okay, yeah, but maybe what you do is on Saturday you make a lasagna and you stick it in the fridge, so that on Sunday all you have to do is turn on the oven, slide it in, and set the timer. So I'm not huffing and puffing around the kitchen, you know. Uh, so you can you could do it that way to try and lessen the amount of work on, on Sunday. Uh, they're just It's going to be a creative thing of, of how you can apply it to yourself. Or, or uh, you know, maybe on Sundays we, we have sandwiches and, and have a picnic or something like that. Or some people go out to eat on Sundays. They go, okay, is that breaking this... I'm pretty firm on no shopping on Sundays. Unless if you're out of baby formula, go get the baby formula. If you're out of medicine, go get the medicine. But oh, we're having Father Joseph over and we we don't we we just you know forgot the favorite in, you know, ingredient from his favorite dessert. We're just going to run to the store and get that one thing. Nope, Father Joseph would prefer actually that you didn't. Uh I'd rather go without dessert than have you go there partially for you to keep it separate and distinct from any other day. But also, you know, Sunday has become the, the most popular shopping day in our nation. And so what that means is I may only go up for one little ingredient, but I'm depriving others. They have to be there all day. And I don't want us to boycott stores. Stores will close on Sunday as soon as shoppers stop showing up. We don't have to boycott. We have to stop shopping on Sunday. And then all of a sudden, our brothers and sisters who are working on Sunday at the mall their employers are going to say, it's not worth me paying you to be here on Sunday. Go home. Exactly. Perfect. So 
there's a ripple effect. If I do things right, it begins to, to ripple out from there and help other people to start to reorder their lives as well. But taking mom to a restaurant on Sunday, I can allow that because that's maybe the only way mom ever gets a break from, from cooking and, and, and all. Uh, but, but again, each family is going to have to pray through it and decide what's right for them and, and how to make it work. Uh, but, but thank you for caring about it, for having recognized the Lord is calling us to something more, something deeper, something better in, in the way that we have this rhythm of work and leisure of, 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 of time and eternity. So God bless yeah. you. Well, and, you know, even as you're talking about this, too, uh, you know, the, the cooking might be a chore for somebody. For somebody else, cooking might be something they thoroughly enjoy, completely relaxing. And especially if you're able to invite your family into that kind of cooking experience, that might be a great way to spend your Sunday as a family activity. So again, I think just going back to what you said, it's going to look a little different for each person or each family, the way that you're structured and the things that you like to do and how you bring God and keep that family-centric aspect in what you're doing there. Uh, Father, we're down to just our last couple of minutes here, but any other practical advice for our listeners as we're talking about how we can really keep those leisure moments holy in our life? Two, two things, I'd say. Husbands and wives, you know, you need couple time together. So date night every week is, is, is leisure time. And it's to delight in one another's company. Why, why do couples become distant from one another? Because they're just doing things together and they're not delighting in one another's company. What's why, wives' number one complaint, where did the romance go? date night every week says we're not going to clean up the closet together we're not going to bounce the checkbook together we're just going to delight in being with one another and then the other thing is sometimes you know if if uh, parents dad is working all week you know mom's juggling all the kids well maybe friday night dad that's your time you go out with your buddies and go bowling or you play cards or smoke cigars or whatever you do that, that's going to be refreshing and renewing and, and restful to you. But then you cover Saturday morning and mom gets to sleep in or mom gets to go to the gym or mom gets to, to have coffee with her buddies, you know, and cover for one another so that, that we have this. But I think it's important for a family life to recognize that we need individual time and we need couple time. It can't just be running around with everybody time. And for Sundays, Sunday family dinner uh, with the nuclear family, absolutely. But I know lots of families that have the whole extended family over, and maybe everybody can't make it every Sunday, but they always know they're welcome. And that's a beautiful way to strengthen the bonds of family. Uh, So if we do this right, get God's rhythm for the week right, there's so much beautiful renewal that will happen in our homes. Father Johnson, it's always a joy to talk with you. Thanks for being with us here for the hour. We've got about 15 seconds. Can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Through the intercession of our Immaculate Mother Mary and good St. Joseph, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, great. Again, thank you, Father Joseph Johnson, for being with us here today. A uh, big thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engesser, producers who helped here behind the scenes for this program. If you joined us late and you'd like to listen to the entire hour of the program, please go back and find the podcast. You'll find it on our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. And stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. That's coming up here right now on Relevant Radio.